I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Rob Norman. I'm Andrew Norton. And this is Personal Best. We have two shorter stories this episode, and the first one contains some spooks and scares. Yeah, things get a little uh, PG-13 in the first half. Yeah, if that's not your thing, or you're listening with small children, maybe skip this one. Hello? 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 Oh my god, what is happening? A group of strangers find themselves locked in a seedy basement. Oh my god, this is so creepy! How many people are there? One, two, three, four. You guys are wearing blindfolds as well? Yeah. Yes. I think I'm chained to something. Oh my god, I'm freaking. I'm freaking out. It's gonna be okay. Take off your blindfold. Are we allowed to do that? I mean, I'm, I did it. Okay, I'll do mine also. Oh my god, I definitely didn't think you were actually other people here. I was definitely thinking you were two recordings. Um, okay, wow. What are your names, by the way? Oh my god. I'm Leanne. I'm Tia. Ellie. I'm Tim. Weeks ago, four guests came onto our show for help, each one with a different problem. Tim, who is compulsively stylish. I feel like in the mornings, just putting together an outfit takes so much mental effort. Like, I spend way too much time focusing on what I'm going to wear. Leanne, the impatient one. I want to stop rushing into things. I just am on perpetual go-go-go mode. I don't know how to stop. Ellie, a woman who fears joining her architecture firm's recreational sports league. I don't really expect to become good at sports. I just really would like to not be so terrified about failing the team. And Tia, who is happy to bring 100 pounds of luggage for a two-day getaway. I'm a chronic overpacker. I always get really overwhelmed, and I feel the need to bring everything. Now they're standing in a dungeon, handcuffed to suitcases, and those suitcases are chained together. Okay, 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 this is totally fine. Oh my God. By the way, this is Personal Best, a lighthearted take on self-improvement. My guess is that we have to get all unchained. My luggage is locked. Yeah. There's a recording device. On the table is an old tape deck. Oh, it says play me. Maybe we should start with that. Yeah. The cassette tape is adhered to the ceiling, just out of reach. Oh, the tape, the tape, the tape. Oh, God, yep, that's a tape. Maybe I can help you. Yes. No, wait, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here, I can give you a boost. Yeah, work together, work together. With Tim's help, Ellie manages to reach the tape. We got it. All right. Do you know how to use these things? Uh, no. I once had an 8-track. I made an original song with my brother for Christmas. Oh, I think it's a slide in. Okay. 
Good afternoon, self-improvers. This is our best episode yet. You've come here to be helped, but instead, to survive, you'll have to find a way to help yourself. Like all good podcasts, let's first start with a confession. Only the one with the heaviest burden can make sense of what's underneath. But which one of you could that be? Does someone else have an issue with overpacking? Uh, no. But I like have an issue with presentation. I, I, I care too much about how I dress. I have an issue with team sports. I'm a little impatient. Are we in one of those escape rooms? Or is this just a murder dungeon? I don't know, where'd they get that photo of me? On the walls, there are headshots, one of each of them. Oh my god! Everybody's on the wall. That one's like a very old Facebook photo. I know. Oh, I don't like this at all. Oh wait, my face is on top of something. So it's it's only yours that has something on it. Okay. What does it say? For the one who's always afraid of what's missing. Oh, that's me. I'm afraid of leaving things behind. Behind the photo of Tia, the overpacker, is a list of numbers, a sequence. But three of the numbers are missing. So what's missing? Maybe it's like a, a math equation or something. What? Is this a Sudoku? Did any of you get any homework? Homework? No. No. Okay, I got baseball vocab. Okay. Just in case that comes up, just wanted you to have all the information. Okay. I got some baseball vocab in case we need to use that on some kind of Jeopardy style murder basement. Because like to me it looks like phone numbers, right? Like 905? That's an arrow code. And then... 519 See, yeah. 614. Do you? Oh, that's my area code. The missing numbers complete Tia's phone number. And that's the code to suitcase number one. Great, we've got a ton of stuff. Oh my this God. is good, now we're talking. Inside are dozens of packages, each marked essential. Do not discard. Do not remove. Do not throw out. Uh, I don't know what that means. Okay. Do we open these up? But inside the bags, cotton balls and cardboard, nothing of use. Nope, okay. Maybe not everything in your suitcase is always so important, is it, Tia? Hold on. Oh my god, it's a fake bottom. It's a false bottom? What is this? It's a key! It's a key to what? Does it fit, what does it fit to the handcuffs? It's not a handcuff key. But when they try it on Tim's suitcase. Oh, what the hell? Oh, 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 oh my god. This is my clothes. Wait, what? It's empty, it's just dirty clothes. His clothes are soaked with slime and a mysterious white powder. Are those your actual clothes, Tim? Yeah. Is okay, that it? Did they just it. give me a suitcase to ruin my clothes? Ugh. Okay, like check, like do we shake out the clothes? Like maybe, would something be hidden, you think? Oh, it stresses me out, all right. <laughs> what else, can you lay out the clothes? Just like lay them out. Like, oh, does God. the goo spell anything? Uh, maybe. You know what? Look at the pockets. Check the Ooh. pockets. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, it's just more slime for me. Okay, sorry about that. I really thought... Oh! You, oh. Something? You oh. got something? No. Oh, I did! It's your <laughs> key! Oh. It's a key for Leanne's bag. It's here where my masterpiece is revealed. I have a very special surprise. Shut up. Hacksaws? What the? Inside are two industrial grade hacksaws. They're real. Do they want us to cut off our arms? Oh, God. I wonder how they thought this was gonna turn out. 
Imagine for a moment what it's like to be me, every day receiving problem after problem, each more banal than the last. I want to drive, help me learn German, teach me how to wear floral pattern shirts. And after a while, you realize you can't help anyone until they first learn to help themselves. So I made one final self-improvement activity. And I mean final. Okay, so there's some safety goggles. Yeah. A timer. There's a tape. Okay, guys, I'm playing it. Yep. Well, self-improvers, you've made it this far on your journey. But before moving forward, you must free yourself of all your emotional baggage. And you'll have only five minutes to escape this room before the gas I'm pumping in through the air vents poisons you all. Okay, there's a timer here. It's actually started ticking. We have to get rid of okay. our baggage. Oh, what the? Noxious fumes pouring through the vents. Is that a fog machine? No, no, I work with fog machine. That's different. I think we have to cut through. Okay, well. We gotta get out. No, no, we're not supposed to cut through the bag. Of course, Tia. The only thing worse than sawing off your own arm is ruining a perfectly good roller bag. No, no, don't, don't, no, dude, I, I, I gotta no, go for no, it, I gotta no, go for no, it. No, you can't go for it. He said get rid of the baggage, we got five minutes. This is not how escape rooms work. <laughs> They're not actually going to kill us. I need to get out of here. What's happening, what are you doing? This, this is oh, insanity. Oh, you can totally saw that, you can totally saw that bit now. Oh yeah, it's working. Yay! Yeah, freedom! And not a moment too soon, your five minutes is up. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. All right, come on. Let's go. They run into the next room and shut the door. So, we've got a small bureau where we have a desk and a vinyl chair. There's a table with three vials of liquid, one red, one blue, one orange. Each has a label. One says, change up. One says, four scene fastball. And one says, splitter. And there's a tape! On the table, you'll find three vials. Two are poisoned. One will open the door to the next room after drinking it. To find out which, Ellie just has to answer this question. Which of the following pitches in baseball is known for suddenly dropping just before crossing the plate? Choose wisely. Luckily, Ellie knows the answer. Whatever you do, Ellie, don't let the team down. So, I'd like everyone to know that it's that one. Ellie points to the vile mark splitter, but Leanne's impatience gets the better of her. I don't, I think it's change up. Change up? No way, man. No, for real. It is a splitter. Don't drink it! It's poison! It's poison! Don't drink it! It's splitter! No, I'm it's serious. Splitter. I played in high school. I'm Please, drinking it. Please, Leanne, don't drink it. Don't, don't drink it. it. Please no. don't drink it. Please don't drink it. It's poison! It's poison! <laughs> <coughs> She's dead. Well, it's unfortunate. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and drink the correct answer. You think it's Splitter? I do. Oh, you hear that? This door just opened up. All right, here we go. Creepy oh, corridor. Oh no. Oh God, if someone jumps out. Ugh. Oh no. The hallway leads to yet another room. Uh, there's three bags and an arrow pointing to a tape. Tape number four. 
It's the big finale, self-improvers. To escape this room, pick the right suitcase and the door will open. Inside it, you'll find the combination to get out of this maze. But pick the wrong one and you'll be electrocuted to death and you will die. Also, to make it more interesting, look behind you. Behind them, a maniac in a gas mask. Oh my god. Oh, no, no, no. Go, get out of here. Go, go, Tim go. runs through the winding corridor and grabs the biggest bag. It's the first one he sees. Just pick a bag. Electricity courses through his body. <laughs> With his dying breath. Oh, I picked the biggest bag. Learn from my mistake. Pack lightly. Okay. This is a nightmare. Inside the smallest bag, they found a four-digit code for the last door. But it was too late. The dark figure walked into the room, and that was the last time anyone ever saw Ellie or Tia again. The old Ellie and Tia, because they learned a valuable lesson and are changed. Congratulations! You made it out. Great job! Congratulations! Big thanks to our very living actors, Leanne Miller and Tim Blair, and to our real guests, Tia and Ellie. Everyone's clothes are fine. We didn't wreck anyone's clothes. You seem to have been lucky enough to escape my murder maze. Just wanted to say one last thing. Congratulations. Ellie, I wish you a fun and active summer on the baseball field. And Tia, hope you have a blast on your unencumbered summer holiday. No extra bags. You're going to save a lot of money on that flight, too. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Tumblr page called NYC Crying Guide is exactly what it sounds like. Reviews of different places to cry around the five boroughs. It's not updated very often anymore, but it's still interesting to scroll through. There's the bathroom at work, classic. Then there's the standing side of an escalator, the stoop of a house you don't own, laying face down in the park, pretending you're sleeping, and the Build-A-Bear store on Fifth Avenue, which was surprisingly well-reviewed. After browsing this site, you come away with two things. One, I miss Tumblr. 
And two, you realize how little control humans have around when they cry. Someone who knows that all too well is Sienna. Yeah, definitely. Sienna could probably start her own website about places she's cried. Because there's something that reliably brings her to tears in her everyday life. Talking to authority figures. Yep. When I talk to people who have authority over me, it creates this, like, anxiety in me. And often it results in just, like, crying. So it creates for some awkward interactions. There's the time when she had to declare a pair of $10 earrings to a border guard. As soon as I saw his face, I started crying, and he didn't say anything. It was just like, okay, check, and like, I went through. And the time she cried when someone from the subway checked to make sure she paid her fare. And it was fine because I had paid. So nothing happened, but it was just really awkward. She gets anxious and overwhelmed and paranoid that she's doing something wrong. Then the tears. It's automatic, like sneezing. The authority figure doesn't even really have to have authority. Like, say, a podcast host. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Am I going to cry right now? (laughs) See, it's so bad. It's so bad. And then I think the worst thing, too, is, like, then people either pity you or, like, hate you. And it's like, I don't want to make people pity me. Like, ah, that's so gross, you know? There's nothing wrong with crying. Sienna just wants maybe a little more control over when it happens. Like, if I feel like it's going to happen, like having the tools to just not let it just come out in that moment. But Sienna's Mount Everest of crying has to be her former acting teacher, Marianne. Her authority was, like, through the roof. I definitely cried (laughs) a couple times in front of her. Yeah. If I could talk to her and not cry during or after that encounter, I would be like, okay, I think I'm okay. Spontaneously crying around authority figures is annoying, but I figure it can't be that strange. So I phone up social psychologist Oriana Aragon. I specialize in congruency or consistency between what people are experiencing emotionally and what they're expressing physically. In other words, she tries to understand why humans have weird-ass reactions. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of my body of work. Why we laugh when we're nervous? Why do we look like we're in pain when we have a delicious dessert? We're like, oh, that's good. Crying can be confusing like that, too. It can happen when you're happy or sad or at a workshop to build your own teddy bear. You're like, why am I crying right now? And Oriana found out that things like nervous laughter or crying at strange times have something in common. That's one of my big aha moments was finally going, oh, my gosh, some of these expressions They are just about intensity. Like, those are the expressions of intensity. So crying is a sort of distress signal when your emotions go into overdrive. It's like turning on the hazard lights in your car when you see smoke coming out from under the hood. Something's wrong, I don't know what, but I gotta pull over. It's about stopping your momentum. So crying whether or not you're you're stopping to save for that moment because it's a real positive thing, or stopping to recollect or regroup yourself because it's a negative thing, or stopping just to withdraw from that situation. But even knowing this, crying is still a physical act, one that's very difficult to control. That's a tough one, because once you really get going, it's a hard one to hold back. I mean, everyone can probably relate to that who's tried to hold back tears. You've got this push and pull of, you know, what you might want to do, but what your body is physically (laughs) going ahead and doing instead. Sounds like if Sienna wants to get a handle on this, we're in for a fight. 
So today, we're training. Sienna arrives in an old boxing gym with yellowed newspaper clippings on the wall. The musk of dudes punching stuff fills the air. She's wearing workout clothes, even though she doesn't quite know why. Is this for real? We have devised a series of exercises specifically meant to strengthen your tear ducts. Are you ready? I'm ready. Station number one, cutting onions. All right. Only a true champ can get through this without shedding tears. Resist those tears. Uh, your cuts are assertive, you're going strong. Okay. That's great. Her knife skills might be lacking, but her eyes, bone dry. Next station, watch these sad movies. We're gonna try and get through this, no tears. All right. We got Bambi. Mother! This is actually really sad. I know. The Notebook. I think our love can do anything we want it to. And Rob said he once cried during the 2009 film Avatar, at the part when all the animals come to help. I don't know about this one. Yeah. Finally, the opening montage from Up. Oh no, oh no, not Up. But in an excellent display of duct discipline, she manages to dodge and weave those tears. Next. I'm gonna put two minutes on the clock. Cardio. Keep that pace and back and back. Cause cardio is just good for you. Trying to break a sweat here. Out of breath, we head over to the punching bags. What do you see when you look at this? A punching bag. This punching bag is tears. And she knows exactly what to do. No more tears. No more. Ugh. Every time I want to just talk like a normal person and I end up crying. All the people who think I'm weak or that I'm entitled or naive. It's just the f***ing tears. <laughs> How you feeling? Pretty good. I feel like we're having a real breakthrough here, but suddenly a disturbing yet familiar voice crackles through the gym. Yeah. Oh, wow. Who dares invade my subway terminal? Sienna finds herself face to face with a demon subway fare inspector. It's a four foot tall puppet with giant teeth and pool noodles for arms. I got this really cool effects pedal from the music store just to make the voice sound good. I paid my fare. No, I did, and um, you can go check if you want to. Please. I paid my fare. That is a lie. Talk to me now. I've paid it. I will destroy you. I'm right. You're wrong. Very well. You have passed the test this time. And with that, the demon fair inspector slinks back into the men's change room. Wow. I did it, I guess. That thing was out for blood, too. Yeah, really unsettling. But what's even weirder? No crying today. None. No, I don't know how. A week passes and we have another test for Sienna. For real this time. If that was her training, this is her title match. We've arranged for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her old acting teacher, Mary Ann. One round, five minutes, and to make this conversation even more real, raw, in your face, no microphones. And right now, we're standing in front of Mary Ann's office. So it is the big day. Yes, it is. How have you been feeling? Stressed out, It's a good word. If I can get through this without crying, I think that'll be, it'll definitely say something. Okay, let's do this. 
Yeah, she heads into the office with Marianne and instantly starts crying. I thought they'd maybe just make small talk for five minutes and be like, hey, this wasn't so bad after all. But turns out they got into some pretty deep discussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some, you know, back and forth. What you talk about? Like how I felt being in her class and sort of each of us just like expressing why, why we said and did the things we did. Do you feel like after all this, this thing about crying at authority has improved at all? Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't really know, to be honest. Turns out not crying at the movie Up in a Boxing Gym does not mean you're ready to face an intimidating person from your past who you have a lot of baggage with. But Sienna is not throwing in the towel. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably going to go back in there and chat with her. I think I feel okay to do that. Really? Yeah, I think so. So apparently they went on to spend over 45 minutes chatting in Marianne's office. Sure, there were some tears, but surprisingly, overall, things ended up going pretty good. Because I think that it's almost like this weight off my chest. Not to say that Marianne is the only reason that I have this problem, but letting it all out, I think that's a big relief. Having confronted the quote-unquote biggest authority figure, I think that that does change it a little bit, like the, the perspective on the authority figure. Really? Yeah, I think so. That's great. Like all boxing movies, this story ends with both boxers going, hey, that was a tough match. But we learn that we're both just a couple of humans trying to navigate this wacka-do world as best we can. You've never seen a boxing movie, have you? No, not all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. um, so Sienna, you did do something very brave last week, and you need to be commended for that. So we have a celebration plan for you. Standing in the studio is an on-duty fair inspector. <laughs> Not a tear in sight, Sienna graciously bows to accept her medal of bravery. Good job. Wow, thank you. I feel so honored. It says met with a teacher, and then it's got a handshake on it. I just want to point out that it definitely says meet with a teacher, not met with a teacher. Well, I thought I caught it and I sent the metal place another email saying, hey, can you change it to met? And it didn't get through in time. It was too late. Yeah. Right. So. But you know what? I did meet with a teacher. So past tense, right? Yeah. So we've learned about boxing, crying, and proofreading. Guys, I think we did an episode. Yeah, we did. <laughs> You just heard a podcast called Personal Best. I'm Rob Norman. Andrew Norton produces the show. Jess Shane is our associate producer. Our music is made by the incredible Breakmaster Cylinder. We received production help this episode from Ellen Payne-Smith, Bisan Safi, and Cecil Fernandez. Arif Narani is the executive producer of CBC Podcasts. Special thanks this episode to Sully's Boxing Gym and to my good friend, Nigel Downer. Sorry, we cut the security guard thing. Also, thanks this episode to Alicia from the TTC. I want to apologize that I said that your problems were banal. I was just playing a mean character. I, I didn't mean it. We want your problems. You can email us at one murder maze, please, at cbc.ca. That's the number one murder maze, please, at cbc.ca You can find us at Twitter at personalbestcbc and our website is cbc.ca slash 
Personal Best. Personal Best is a CBC podcast. If you're looking for another new CBC podcast, maybe check out Chosen Family. It's a talk show hosted by the very charming Trana Wintour and Thomas LeBlanc. It's got everything. Gender, sexuality, community, and sometimes they even speak in French. You can find Chosen Family wherever you find your other favorite podcasts. For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.